You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Abgenommen bedauert. program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. San Francisco police calling all cars, attention all cars, investigate a bombing at the Saints Peter and Paul Church on Filbert Street. Get over there right away, that's all. coming men who do things invariably prefer Rio Grande cracked gasoline. Police officers, like those portrayed in the following drama, are of this type, courageous, quick to make decisions, quick to act. When they get a call from headquarters, they have to jam down the throttle and go. More police officers use Rio Grande cracked gasoline wherever it is sold than any other brand. Los Angeles, Oakland, Maricopa County, Arizona, and many, many other cities and counties throughout California, Nevada, and Arizona choose Rio Grande cracked gasoline. And they chose Rio Grande cracked gasoline after official competitive tests and now use it month after month in all police cars, fire engines, ambulances, and other emergency equipment. Doesn't that mean something to you? Rio Grande cracked gasoline starts quicker accelerates faster and delivers far more power and speed because it is refined by the famous Sinclair cracking process. It is the only gasoline you can buy that is refined by this patented process. So, if you are the vigorous, hard-hitting type who likes to do things, fill up your tank with Rio Grande cracked gasoline and enjoy the satisfaction of police car performance. After this thrilling crime drama to be enacted immediately... You will hear another announcement that presents a worthwhile opportunity. Wait for it. Meanwhile, remember, for police car performance, use Rio Grande cracked gasoline. We take you now to our San Francisco studios, where you will hear Sheriff Hollenberry, San Francisco County. Sheriff Hollenberry. Good evening. 
It has almost been ten years since the bombing of the Saints Peter's and Paul Church in the section of San Francisco known as Little Italy. Yet San Francisco has not forgotten the work of Chief Dan O'Brien and his men in bringing to an end the reign of terror that gripped the citizens of that district. Five different times the Phantom Bomber left his deadly package of dynamite on the steps of the church. Four times his attack was successful. What happened on his fifth visit will be told in a moment in the true dramatization you are about to hear. Before we return you to Los Angeles, however, I should like to say that we of San Francisco are proud of the crime prevention record we have, and especially in the case of the Saints Peters and Paul bombing. The solution of that case was a fine piece of police work. Saturday night in San Francisco. In Little Italy, there are no sounds of gaiety, no late parties. For tomorrow is the feast day of St. Francis de Sales. From somewhere deep in the interior of the church of Saints Peter and Paul on Gilbert Street, the deep tones of a clock strike 11. Victor Graffero, the sexton, stands surveying the result of his efforts toward decorating the altar. There is no sound other than the clock to disturb the peace and quiet of the moment. Then, suddenly... Earth-shaking explosion shatters the silence. It's deep, throated, roar, echoing, and re-echoing through the nave of the church. Priceless stained glass windows crash to the floor. Shasta rains from the walls and ceiling. In some split second, the interior of the church becomes a shambles. Suddenly flash on. Half sad Italians rush out into the street, fear lurking in their eyes, memories of the great quake of 1906, striking sudden terror to their hearts. Then, as suddenly as it began, a deep silence. Griffero, dazed and shaken by the explosion, slowly rises from the floor, stumbles to the back door, out onto the wet cobblestones of the alley. To him, it is altogether too clear what has happened. Someone has bombed his church. And as he stands there, the rain splattering down on his bare head, he breathes a quiet prayer of thanks for his escape. And in police headquarters, the scene is one of complete confusion. Hundreds of calls from terrified residents of the neighborhood pour in through the switchboard. Sleepy-eyed policemen snap into sudden action. Sirens screaming police cars roar to the scene of the explosion. But upon their arrival, detectives learn nothing that might lead to the bomber. There is no single clue that can be followed. All agree that it's the work of some madman, perhaps some religious fanatic, but nowhere is there a lead to his identity. And after weeks of inquiry, questioning of hundreds of suspicious characters found in the neighborhood, the investigation slowly cools off. The world forgets the bombing of the Saints Peter and Paul Church. Peace and quiet is restored to the Little Four months later, 3.22 Sunday morning, with no warning, the mad bomber strikes again. Four months before, terror strikes the heart of Little Italy. The police are again requested to find the fiend responsible. And as before, there is no trace of him, nothing to work on. Five months later, another explosion rocks the district. And three months after that, another, and this time more powerful one, tears great ragged holes in the sidewalk, smashes the great door to splinters. following morning, Chief of Police O'Brien summons ten of his most trusted detectives to his office. Men, I'm going to place you on a secret detail. You must tell absolutely no one what it is. Upon that one thing depends the success of the whole plan. Are you willing to be sworn into this trust? 
Good. Now, you're all familiar with the fact that the St. Peter's and Paul Church has been bombed four times in the last year. You also know that so far, in spite of all our inquiries, we have no suspects. In fact, we know just about as much as we did when it happened the first time. Now, the job I'm going to give you men is just this. Stop those bombings. We can't risk another one. How do we do it, Chief? I've explained the details to Captain Lane. He can pass them on to you and work out the assignments. Well, now, the plan depends, as Chief O'Brien said, primarily on the fact that no one knows about it. By that, I mean no one, and that doesn't exempt your wives. My wife would like that. Boys, that's going to be the hardest part of your job. <laughs> well, now to be serious, here's the idea. You ten men are going to be stationed at four different points in and near the church. You're going to take your posts, and you're going to stay there every night until you nab the fellow who's doing this. And if he doesn't show up? He will. There's no reason to suppose he'll stop until he's completed his mission, and that won't be until the church is in complete ruins. I don't think you'll have to wait very long for him, though. The time between each visit has been shorter. He's getting impatient. A good thing, incidentally. It's liable to make him careless. I hope he doesn't get careless as one of those bombs. I understand they carry quite a wallop. <laughs> well, the idea is to get him before he gets you, which makes this job dangerous. So dangerous that I'm going to give every one of you a chance to pull out now with no hard feelings. How about it? Well, that settles it then. Now, we have established four watching points. One in the apartment across from the church, commanding a view of the entire street. Another one in the upstairs window of the church. And one just inside the front door of the church. And the last, which will be the headquarters, is in the parish house next door. There will be telephone communication between each of these four points with buzzer. Each station will have a buzzer number. And when you hear your number, you answer your phone. If you hear a buzzer that isn't your number, listen in any way and hear what's going on. Now, tonight you men will go to your posts. And from that time on until you catch the bomber, it's up to you. Are there any questions? Good. McInerney? Yes, sir. You can pass for a priest, so you let the boys in. Now, here's the key to the parish house. And tonight at midnight, you go through the front door of the church and let the boys in the back way. And then proceed directly to your various stations and keep your eyes open. I think that covers everything. Well... Oh, uh, one thing I forgot. Joe Wickstrom. Yes, sir? I've got a special job for you and one that's right up your alley. Now, Chief O'Brien and I figured that the bomber didn't see any guard at the church. He'd get suspicious and beat it. So you're going to be it. You're going to dress up in full uniform and parade up and down in front. Then why the rest of the boys? Well, I'm getting to that. <laughs> you won't be a very efficient guard. In fact, you'll be the sort of a guard that the chief here would break if he saw you. Uh-huh. I think I began to understand. Sure. Your main function will be to parade up and down for a couple of hours each night and then get tired or something and apparently sneak away for a nap. You think up some good gag to get out of the way. You've got a reputation on the force for being a clown. Now, here's your chance to make some use of it. So don't let me down. Thus, at exactly 12 midnight the same evening, Detective McInerney slips silently into the church, makes his way to the extreme back, finds his companions waiting in the alleyway. Come on, let us see what's the matter with you. All right, all right, boys. Come on, man. Keep quiet. You got any kind of a light so we can see where we're going? Can't risk it, do we? We'll just have to be plenty careful and pick our way along the aisle here. I think I can lead the way. Well, I hope so. I can't see an inch in front of me. You and me both, Joe. The main thing is to watch the pews along the aisle here. If you can sort of feel your way along without stumbling on them, you'll be all right. Everyone's in there. Shall I shut the door? Yeah. And watch it doesn't squeak on you. That did. Well, that's all right. No one can hear that. Come on now, follow me. When we get to the front, we'll split and go to our stations. I'll lead on. Okay. We're with you. All right. Careful, Ash. Careful, Ash. Come on, quiet, quiet, boys. Take your time. Here, come out of this way. Look out. All right, all right. Hold it. This is where we separate. You all know your stations? Yeah, sure we do. Good. Why don't you go through this door here and up the stairs? Window's right at the top of it. Right. Uh, to meet you and Tom, that door over there leads to the parish house. The priest will show you the window. Ah, good enough. Let's go, Tom. Ed, you and Greminger here. There's the phone and the buzzer right by the door. Do we now go up this way? As soon as we get to our station, we'll buzz and check the phone system. Okay, Larry. Keep those eyes peeled. Don't worry. I haven't any more desire to get blown out of here than you have. So long. See you in the morning, if everything goes well. Right. Come on, Larry. Yeah. Easy now. Just keep close to me. That's it. 
So this is to be our happy little home, huh? Nice roomy spot. Yeah, it's cramped, all right. Well, at least it'll keep us from getting sleepy at the wrong time. That's something. Yeah. You gonna buzz the phone? Yeah, right now. I hope it works. Ramager. Station one. Hello, Joe. McInerney speaking. Just making a check on the phones. Hang up and see if you can hear the others as I ring them. Okay, Larry. Ring ahead. Tomati speaking, station two. Lovely, Manny. McInerney speaking. Testing the phone. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, fine. Clear as a bell. Good. Hang on and listen while I check the other stations. See if you can hear us. Right. What's up? Just checking phones, that's all. Great idea. These phones makes everything hunky-dory. Yeah, as long as they work. Wait a minute. Let me listen. Station three. McInerney, testing phones. Sounds fine here. Good. Keep the phone open. Okay, Larry. I can hear the others talking on the line. Anything doing? No, just testing. Station four. Okay, Lennon. McInerney, testing the phone. Yeah, there's Lennon over at four. Everything's fine here, Larry. Okay. I'm going to ring off now. Keep your eyes open. Don't worry. If the rest of you stations can hear me, check back as soon as I hang up. Start with one and follow in numerical order. That's all. Keep your eyes on the street, Tom. i got to check back with Larry as soon as station one is finished. Okay. There's Reminger up at one ringing. McInerney, station five. Reminger at one, checking back. Okay, Joe, that's all. Right. I'm going to buzz Larry. So, one after another, the five stations check and recheck the elaborate phone communicative system. Find all in perfect working order. Settle down to the long vigil ahead of them. And in the street outside the church, Detective Joe Wickstrom paces slowly up and down to all observers an obviously tired guard, not too enthusiastic over his job. What a job, walking around by myself like a night watchman. Hmm. One o'clock and all's well along the Filbert Street front. What a life. Good evening, officer. Cold enough for you? Yeah, plenty cold. You've certainly had a lonely job here. I don't envy you at all. All a part of the night's work, ma'am. I got to admit, I've known better jobs. You watching the church? Yes, ma'am, that's the main idea. But just between you and me and the lamppost, I don't see much sense to it. <clears throat> it seems to me there's a lot of sense to it, officer. What with all the bombings and all that's been going on, about time the police did something about it. That's what the chief says. Maybe he's right. I still don't see the idea. <clears throat> well, come along, my dear. We can't stand here all night talking to an officer. Hey, good night. Good night, ma'am. Good night. Good night. Hmm. Not a very conscientious officer, if you were to ask me. He didn't seem overly enthusiastic about his work, did he? That's the trouble with this police force. The men are lax and efficient. Now, when I was in the Lord, army... Was... Look back at that officer. Is that a flask he's holding in his hand? What? By heavens, I believe it is. He's drinking from it. An officer on duty, openly drinking. Why, I never heard of anything so disgraceful in all my life. Hmm. I have a good mind to report him. I think you'd be in the right, too, George. After all, we do pay taxes and things that go for their salary. We do, we do indeed. Matter of fact, I not only have a mind to report him, I think I will. Come along, my dear. I shall telephone from the first available place. Thus, so well does actor detective Joe Wickstrom, with his coffee-filled flask, carry out his role of slipshod guard the very first night a complaint is phoned into headquarters. And so it goes, night after night of nerve-wracking watching, days spent at home sleeping. In the minds of each of the ten men, one single thought, get the bomber and end the vigil. But the nights drag on, and no attempt is made to bomb the church. Six, seven, eight, Nine nights. Still no alarm to break the monotony of the ten weary men's vigil. It is the tenth evening of constant surveillance. In the apartment across from the church, Detective Sidney Du Bois and James Simseri sit, staring into the empty street, lighting cigarettes one after the other, striving to keep alert. Ten nights. Ten nights of just sitting and staring out that window enough to drive a guy screw it. Oh, take it easy, Sid. We may be here for ten more, or even ten more after that. I hope not. 
It's getting so I imagine I see things out there in the street. My eyes are beginning to play tricks on me. You better see if you can't grab a snooze. I'll keep watching. No, no, no. I'll be all right. Just the nerves jumping around in me. You got another cigarette? Sure. Help yourself. Thanks. I'll get a light off this bus. I know how you feel, Sid. I'm getting jumpy myself lately. You know, I could have sworn I saw somebody over by the church door a few minutes back. Then when I got ready to ask you to look, I... I couldn't see anything anymore. Gives you a funny feeling in your inside, doesn't it? Mm, you said it. Makes you want to get up and yell all of a sudden. Only that wouldn't be such a good... What's the matter? Shh, wait a minute. See someone? I think so. Look down the street there. Is that someone coming this way? Or... Yeah. Keep your eyes on him. I'm going to Buzz McInerney. What's he doing? Still coming this way. Looks like he's carrying something under his coat. McInerney. Suspicious character approaching church. Be on your guard. Right. Keep me posted. He's heading across the street for the church. Watch it, Larry. He's heading for the front door. We're ready. Can't see him from here yet. Reppinger speaking. Station one. We're ready here. Good. He's out the steps. Okay, Simsari. I can see him now. I've got a gun on him. Shall we bust out and nab him? No. When we see what he does. He's, he's going up the steps. You'd better nab him before something happens. You'd better nab him. Easy, Sid. There he has a gun on him. But if he has a bomb there, he'll blow the boys to bits. He's, he's liable to let it go any second. Easy, easy. Look, he's kneeling down. Looks like he's praying or something. Relax, boys. It's a false alarm. There he says it's a false alarm. Yeah. The guy's just kneeling there praying. Let me look. Whew. Yeah, there he is getting up. He's leaving. Man, would have stopped that gig. Hey, you and me both, Sid. I think my heart stopped for good. So the first activity in ten nights turns out to be no more than a devout Catholic stopping to offer his prayers. Nerves stretched to the breaking point suddenly ease off. Faces lose their mask-like expressions. Silence settles on the five stations once again. Become weeks, weeks become months, and still the ten detectives stay at their posts. And as the weeks drag by in each man's heart, the conviction becomes stronger. The phantom bomber has disappeared. If you ask me, the guy decided he'd done enough damage and left town. Maybe the phantom bomber's wise to the trap we've set. This business is getting on my nerves. Why does he bring his bomb and get it over with? My eyes are playing tricks. I thought I saw something. It can't go on much longer. My wife's going to leave me if something doesn't happen soon. running crazily through tired minds, bodies aching from cramped positions, and still the endless watch continues. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the Saturday. In the apartment window across from the church, Simseri and the boys listen to the ticking of a clock, count the ticks as the minutes turn into hours. You awake, Sid? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I haven't moved for an hour. I was listening to the clock. I got it all figured out how many ticks there are to an hour. I'm going to figure out how many there are in a 12-hour day, Nick. Yeah, that is if you don't go bats first. Right. How much is 12 times 7,200? I wouldn't know, Sid. I... <laughs> I never was much at arithmetic. Well, that's how many ticks there are to a day, if I can multiply that far. Hey, why don't you give the clock up in favor of the spots on the wallpaper? I've counted them five times now, and I get a different answer every time. Why don't we give this whole thing up and start living normal lives again? That's simple. Because we stay here until we get our bomber, friend. Any more questions? Seriously, though, Jimmy... How long do you think this thing is going to last? I can't answer that one. In fact, I've tried not to think about it. It doesn't do any good. If only, if only something would happen. I think I'd even welcome a bomb at this point. Uh, no, thanks. Not for this one. I've seen what bombs do to people who get in their way. You know, they don't leave much to take home to Mother. Yeah, I've seen the results of bombs, too. Not very pleasant when you come to think about it. 
I remember once when I was over on... That's us. Station three. Cemetery speaking. Keep your eye on the street, Jimmy. There's two men coming this way from Powell Street. You'll be able to spot them in a minute. Okay. A couple of birds coming this way, Sid. Stand by. Right. You on the line, Larry? Sure thing. Keep me posted. Uh, I can't see them yet. Wait a minute. Yeah, now I can. One of them's carrying something. Yeah. I can see it. Hey, Larry. Yes? They're right below me now, and they've stopped. Looks like they're talking together. One of them's starting across the street for the church. Stand by, Larry. One of them's heading for the steps. He's got something under his arm. Watch him, Jimmy. If he starts running, let him have it. Right. He's starting up the steps now. Okay. I see him now. Stand by, Grimminger. All stations ready to attack. Slowly, the man in the street starts up the 13 concrete steps. Unaware of the three pairs of eyes glued on him from the church windows. Of the two pairs from across the street. Slowly, cautiously, the dark figure edges on deep into the shadows of the church portals. Then, suddenly, he stops. Casts a quick look around. Then stoops and places a bundle on the concrete. With amazing speed, he strikes a match. Applies it to a fuse sticking out of the mysterious bundle. And simultaneously, back in a throws open the window above, marks the sudden command. Stand where you are! That got him. Come on, get out of here, Kaufman. Come on, we gotta get that palm before it goes off. The fuse is almost gone. I'll get that. You get the bomb, Joe? Yeah, just in time, too. Look. Good Lord. An inch more and we've been blasted off the earth. Yeah, then some. Let's go over and see that fellow to manage us wing. He's lying in the gutter across the street. Okay. Nice work, boys. You made short work of that other bird. He's dead if they make him. This one's still chicken, though. Well, what was the idea of bombing the church, buddy? I had nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it at all. And what were you doing with that other bird who had the bomb? Uh, I was not with him. God sent me here to the church. I, I had nothing to do with it. He's just crazy. I'll, I'll, I'll get an ambulance. I'll get him up. Right. Well, it looks like we put an end to our bombing, Ben. Yeah. I don't mind telling you. I'm not sorry about it. I guess every one of us feels the same way. But there's one thing about it. In spite of the long wait, it was worth it. Worth every second of it. To get rid of the bomber and put an end to this reign of terror. I, for one, say thank the Lord it's over. And I, for one, will now go home and introduce myself to my wife. And now we take you once more to our northern studios, where you will hear District Attorney Matthew Brady of San Francisco County. Mr. Brady. Thus, the apprehension, trial, and sentencing of the Phantom Bomber were dispensed with in a few seconds by San Francisco police without further cost to the county. The bullet-riddled corpse was identified as that of G. Ricky, a religious fanatic. His accomplice, the man across the street, died from his wounds a few weeks later, and the police records were closed. The ten detectives whose daring solved the bombings were each given two weeks' vacation by the police commission and a gold badge for distinctive service by Mayor Roth. Once again, the faithful congregation of the Church of Saints Peter and Paul began to climb the 13 steps to worship without fear. Thank you, Mr. Brady. Perhaps these police dramas affect you as they affect this listener who recently wrote in... So many calling all cars programs that now every time I hear a siren, either on the air or on the street, I say to myself, there goes some police car performance. <laughs> I said it jokingly at first, then I tried Rio Grande crack gasoline myself. Now I'm serious when I say it is absolutely everything you claim it is. No wonder the police cars use it. Every time you hear a siren, a fire engine, or an ambulance, does it remind you, too, that there goes some police car performance? and that you can have the very same performance in your car by driving into the Rio Grande Independent Service Station just down the street. There you can get the same Rio Grande cracked gasoline that powers more police cars and other emergency equipment wherever it is sold than any other brand. 
Your Rio Grande dealer will also give you free a toy police money with your change, which you can trade for junior police badges, handcuffs, fingerprinting sets, bracelets, G-man pistols, and other valuable gifts to make some boy or girl happy, and a full-fledged member of Rio Grande's junior police department. Ask for a copy of Calling All Cars News and learn all about it. This is the opportunity to make some youngster happy without it costing you a cent. As you get acquainted with your Rio Grande dealer, you will discover that he also sells a motor oil as fine as you can buy anywhere on earth. Sinclair, Pennsylvania. It is thoroughly de-waxed and de-jellied in the world's largest refinery, located in the heart of the Badford Allegheny Field, recognized as the source of the best, the most expensive lubricating crude in Pennsylvania. Yet it costs you no more than motor oil refined from cheaper Pennsylvania crude. San Francisco police calling all cars, attention all cars, a cancellation broadcast 152 regarding the bombings of the St. Peter and Paul Church on Filbert Street. Suspect in this case killed while trying to escape. That's all. This is your narrator, Frederick Lindsley, bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company. Calling All Cars, a copyrighted program created for the Rio Grande Oil Company. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Police calling all cars, attention all cars, broadcast five. Regarding a man wanted for murder. Description later. Rolls and clerk. several years, you have been hearing the statement that more police and emergency cars are powered with Rio Grande cracks wherever it is sold than any other gasoline. Year after year, this statement is true. Can you ask for a more convincing testimonial? The competition is intense, yet no gasoline has yet been made that will outperform Rio Grande cracks. That's why, year in, year out, the leading cities and countries, wherever Rio Grande cracks is sold, Select this gasoline above all others. They have yet to find any gasoline which is quicker to start, which accelerates as fast, which is as speedy and powerful. If Rio Grande cracked gasoline performs so superbly in these emergency cars, obviously it will give better performance in your car, too. If you are one of the many who think all gasolines are much alike, we challenge you to try a tank full of police car performance. Hundreds of thousands of motorists have accepted this challenge and have discovered that Rio Grande Cracked has remarkable features which other gasolines lack. You can expect unusual performance from your car when you change to Rio Grande Cracked gasoline. And now is the time to change.
Captain Bert Wallace, head of the Homicide Squad of the Los Angeles Police Department. Captain Wallace. Good evening, friends. I doubt if the respectable citizens listening to this broadcast have any idea of the brutal methods used by lawbreakers in their illegal extortion of money. During the Prohibition era, some mighty tough characters developed among the bootleggers, and the cold-blooded shooting and torture you will hear on this program are typical of their heartless and brazen methods. It is a tribute to the efficiency of your police that practically all of these cold-blooded killers of the bootlegger era have been tracked down and are now paying the penalty for defying society. It still amazes me that modern racketeers continue to think they can get away with it, when the record shows so plainly that every one of these tough guys is eventually caught by the police and punished. Our policemen, on their daily rounds, are in constant danger of being shot and killed. But as you will soon hear, the crook who attacks a police officer can never escape. Every law enforcement officer in the land joins in the hunt, and we always get our man. Tonight, we have selected the story of the killing of Deputy Sheriff Cookie Vihar for this episode of Calling All Cars. The story goes back to the middle of November, 1932, for its beginning. The activities of the Los Angeles Police Department had made business bad for the bootlegger, and Raleigh McAllister, a petty whiskey peddler, and his friend James Rogan, a sailor bootlegger, are discussing the situation. Can I tell you, Jim, it's getting tougher and tougher. Yeah, I know, Mac. The feds are clamping down so you can't get it in off the boat, and Davis's gang down at City Hall slap you down when you try to sell the stuff you make yourself. Yeah, it's tough, all right. You got another drink there? Yeah, here you are. Now, that's good stuff. That's the good you've been selling. Think I'm crazy? This is real whiskey. I wouldn't wash my feet in that stuff I peddle. <laughs> I don't blame you. When I had a territory up north, I boiled up the same poison for the suckers. Well, we gotta get some dough someplace. This is getting tough. You got any ideas? Well, like I was telling you the other night, there ought to be a lot of dough in Blackie McKnight's joint down there on 7th Street. Their take on the tables every night must be a couple of grand. Yeah, but I don't like the idea of a stick-up job. It ain't in my line. You got duck fever. No, it ain't that. But I always run my business respectable. I've been an honest bootlegger, and I don't like the idea of breaking the law that way. Well, there ain't no dough in being an honest bootlegger anymore. You ought to know that yourself. Yeah. Well, it won't hurt the case, the joint. Let's go down tonight. Blackie's a cagey guy. You think we can get in? Sure. I got a card I borrowed. I'll go down in that shirt sleeve, and I won't suspect nothing. Okay. You got any dough? Yeah, about a C. Well, we'll need it. We're going to have to spend a little before we can... Got the lay of that joint. All right, you ready? Right. Let's have another drink before we go. Okay. Sorry, boys, I can't let you in. We got a card, ain't we? Yeah, you got a card. And it's got your signature on it, ain't it? Yeah, that's just it. I never saw you boys in my life. I never made out this card deal. Look here, we got a card and we're coming in. No, you're not. Not until I make sure you're on the up and up. This card's made out to Tom Walsh. You him? No, I'm not. He's a friend of mine. You call him up and tell him Jim Rogan's down here. He'll tell you I'm okay. Uh, all right. You guys will have to wait outside, though. Okay. Sure is a cagey guy. He's got a lot of cash in this joint. He ain't taking any chances. Ever been here before? No. But I got an idea it'll be a cinch to knock over. Looks like there's only one way out and this is it. Looks that way. This guy got a very big mob hanging around? Not that I know of. I understand there's just himself and a couple of dealers and a bartender. Dealers will all be gone by the time we come back with the heaters. Maybe we'll have to pull a job without ever getting in first. Nah. Tom will okay me. Yeah, if he's home. Well, we'll know pretty quick. Blackie's coming back now. Well, what about it? Okay, boys. Tom says you're all right. What do we tell you? Well, you know how it is, boys. You can't afford to take no chances in this business. Yeah. Blackjack. 
Sure is a cold deck you got there, mister. Pipe down. Come on, let's get out of here. Oh, might as well. He's got all my dough. Listen, Stiff, we'll come back in a while and take it from him. It's a soft spot to stick yeah. up. Yeah, I'll get that dough I lost and a lot more. Sure you will. Don't shoot off your face now. We'll talk later with a pair of cats. Okay, let's go. Well, tough luck, boys. Yeah. You'll do better next time. Yeah, I think we will. And in the early hours of the same morning, Deputy Sheriff Cookie Vihar dropped into Blackie's place looking for a suspect. Hello, Cookie. Hello, Blackie. Come to make a pinch, Cookie? No, not this time, Blackie. Just looking for a guy, that's all. Oh. Nobody here now, Cookie. Except Mike, the bartender, and one of the girls. Yeah? Well, I think I'll come in anyway. Okay, Cookie. Cookie, what did I tell you? Yeah. Who's in the back room? Nobody. I'll take a look. Okay, Cookie. You go ahead. I gotta answer the door. Oh, uh, have a drink on the house, Cookie. Not when I'm working. Oh. Hello, boys. Back again. Looks like it, don't it? Yeah, we got some more dough. Let us in. Okay. Came back to get back the dough we lost. Where's the blackjack game? Game's all over for tonight. Yeah? Yeah. Well, we came back for the dough. You lost it, didn't you? No. We had it lifted off us by your crooked card. What are you welching about? You lost the dough and that's that. Yeah? Well, we're getting that dough back. Now, put up your hands. Hey, what's going on in here? You too, Mr. Reach. Now, all of you, over to the side. Now, come on, you behind the bar. All right. Now, sit down on the floor. Me too? No, you can sit on the beach. Hey, over there. Only I'll take off your shoes. Hey, you better watch what you're pulling, fella. Cookie here is a deputy sheriff. Yeah? Well, that's just dandy. How do you like looking at the wrong end of a cat, mister? Don't worry me none when there's a yellow rat on the other end. Yeah, you better watch your lip or I'll put a slug to it. Hey, where are you going? I'm getting out. I don't want to get mixed up in nothing. Yeah? You're staying right here until this little party's over. Ouch! You're hurting my arm! Oh, go on. <laughs> now, Blackie, my boy, why'd you keep the dough? There ain't no dough here. We come back for that dough we lost. Yeah? And any more that's hanging around? Well, there ain't any here. Come on, Blackie, come clean. Listen, boys. I don't know nothing about the dough. I just work here. Oh. You're lying, Blackie. Hey, don't do that. Here's another. Oh. Now, where's that dough? Listen, I tell you, God's honest truth. I ain't got no dough. Got those matches, Mac? Yeah, yeah. Here they are. Hold up his feet, Mac. Maybe these will make you talk, Blackie, huh? Oh, boys, now look. Don't do that. Please, boys. Stop your wiggling. Oh. Oh. All right, Jim. Hold his feet up. Now, how about it, Blackie? Where's the dough? I tell you, I ain't got that. No! Oh! 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 You sure about that, pal? No, I ain't got it. Where is it? Oh! 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 My partner's got it. Jaime's got it. Oh, let him go. Please let him go. You're killing him. He'll live the rat. Dodge. What's the matter, Jim? And he's burned my finger. No. Come on, Blackie, you're lying. Where's the dough, Blackie? No! Come on, you muck. Let up. He doesn't know where it oh, is. Oh, shut up, Flatfoot. Your turn's next. Yeah? Yeah. Now, come on, Blackie. Go, pop where the dough is. Oh, stop it, Jim, that dick's got a gun. Why, oh, that, that dirty rat pulling around on me. Oh, you killed Cookie. Oh, you killed him. Stop your yapping. Stop your yapping. He ain't dead yet, but he got my pal all right, right through the heart. Well, Mac, old boy, I guess you won't be needing this cat anymore where you're going. And I may find use for it. Hey, you. Who, me? Yeah, you. Hold me a cab. Oh, all right. Now, no funny business. I said a cab and not the police. Well, how are your feet, Blackie? <laughs> Don't burn it again, will you? I've been telling you the truth. I ain't got the dough. Okay, Blackie. i got more important business now. i got to get myself out of here. The cab will be here in a minute. Thanks. Oh, you're wounded. I sure I am. What of it? Well, can I bandage it for you or something? No, you can't. I don't want any of your help. Do you realize it? You shot a police officer. They'll be looking for you everywhere now. Oh, what of it? Keep your mouth shut and you'll be safe. If that dick hadn't started blazing away, there wouldn't have been any shooting. And my pal would still be alive. I've got a good mind to finish that flatfoot right off now. Don't cause any more trouble. Blackie, you're the scariest guy I ever knew of in this racket. Well, maybe I am, but 
Don't bump off, Cookie. He's a good guy. Okay, Blackie. Probably gonna bump off anyway, so I'll leave you here to watch it. Only, Blackie, if you love your life, keep your mouth shut. So long. Rogan drives away in the cab. The bartender calls the police. A few moments later, Detectives Con Dapper and Ryan of the Homicide Squad, arriving on the heels of the ambulance, are investigating the scene of the crime. Yeah, what's it look like to you, Doctor? Well, I doubt if he has a chance. Ah, oh, poor Cookie. Battling right up to the last. He's a rough hombre, that Cookie. I'll do everything you can for him, Doctor. You can bet we will. Now, any of you people know who this guy was that did the shooting? I never saw him before. He had somebody else's card. I, I phoned and checked on him, and he said he was okay. You don't know what his name was, eh? No, I don't. He did tell me his name, but I forgot. I heard you from here that Dad called him Regan or Rogan or something like that. When was that? Well, when they were in earlier in the evening. Rogan. Rogan. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, here's his name in this dead guy's notebook. That's him, all right. Rogan. Jim Rogan. Police calling all cars. Attention all cars. Cross cat number 70. Be on the lookout for following described man wanted for robbery and attempt murder. One James Sidney Rogan. Described American, 5 feet 10 inches, 165 pounds. Blue eyes, dark chestnut hair. Age 32 years. Nose flattened and large nostrils. This man shot and seriously wounded Deputy Sheriff Payhard during a holdup on West 7th Street early this morning. Search of Rogan's apartment reveals a phone bill, among the items of which are several calls to a Bakersfield number. Bakersfield police are asked to trace down this clue. They call at the address where the phone is located. It is a well-known resort. Hello, Amy. Hello, Bert. What you doing down this way? Oh, just paying a call. Anything wrong, Bert? No, everything's okay. Come on, fill it. I never come down here unless there's some trouble. Any of your girls been getting any calls from L.A.? When? Oh, recently. I don't check on them that close. They got a lot of calls. Yeah, I know, Amy, but you might know if one of the girls got, say, six calls from L.A. in a month. Might. Well, then, what's her name? She ain't here anymore. Where is she? She left for L.A. yesterday on the bus. Yeah? Yeah. What was her name? Mabel's the name she went by here. Mabel what? Just Mabel. What'd she look like? Blonde. Young? Oh, 22 or 3. Where'd she go in L.A.? How should I know? Did she ever call L.A.? I don't know that either. Why not? It's a pay phone, you dummy. Look for yourself. Yeah, that's right. Well, the phone company will have a record on that. A check with the telephone company in Bakersfield leads to the apartment of Nick Charters, a petty bootlegger. Con Dapper and Ryan visit the apartment and find Charters and Mabel there. They arrest them on a technical charge of suspicion of murder and bring them in for questioning. Hour after hour, Charters stoutly protests his ignorance of the whole affair. And then... I don't know what you got me here for. I don't know nothing about it. Rogan's a friend of yours, isn't he? No. He's a friend of your girl, isn't he? No. She isn't cheating on you, is he? Oh, no. Why? Well, Rogan called her up in Bakersfield six times last month. He, he did not. Did you call her six times? Yes, and more. Where from? Rogan's apartment? No. Then she's kidding you. Because we know somebody called her from Rogan's apartment six times last month. Oh, come on, Charters. We know all about it. Let's not waste any more time. Come on. Tell us all you know. I don't know nothing. Oh, yes, you do. Now, look here, Nick. We know you weren't in on the shooting. But we also know Rogan went right to your place after the shooting. Well... How do you know that? That's right, isn't it, Charter? Well, yes. All right, let's have the rest of it. Well, he came over and told me what had happened. Was he wounded? Yeah. Where? Well, in the chest and in the leg. What'd you do with him? Well, he wanted to get out of town, so so after he'd uh, we'd uh, laid low a couple of days, he was uh, well enough to travel, so we took him to San Francisco. What address there? Well, I dropped him in front of the ferry building. Is that the truth, Charter? Yeah, on the level. 
He said something about having relatives there, so I said goodbye to him and came on home. That's all I know about it, honest. You ain't got nothing on me. I didn't have nothing to do with it. Can I go now, huh? Yeah, Nick. Can I go? Yeah, you can go. And the trail ends at the ferry building in San Francisco. Although Rogan's relatives are watched by the San Francisco police, there is apparently no communication with Rogan. The earth seems to have swallowed him up. Descriptions of the killer are sent to police departments all over the world. In Balboa, in the Panama Canal Zone, a suspect answering Rogan's description is arrested. Fingerprints from Los Angeles reveal him to be the wrong man. The Oregon State Police hold a suspect. A checkup reveals their man to have a missing finger. He is released. Rogan is reported recuperating in a hunting resort near Reading. The sheriff of Shasta County investigates the place and finds nothing. A girlfriend of Rogan's is discovered in San Diego. She claims she hasn't seen Rogan in a year, but she admits if she didn't know where he was, she wouldn't tell for fear of what he would do to her. Rogan is reported down for Hawaii. The chief of police of Honolulu combs the red light district of Avalai and finds nothing. So for months, the fruitless manhunt drags on. Clue after clue is followed, leading nowhere. Behar's brother offices of the sheriff's office raise a fund of $500 and offer it for Raven's capture. The detective magazines print Rogan's picture and description in their show-up department. Avid amateur detectives, the nation over, on the lookout for the killer. Corinth, Mississippi. Howdy, stranger. What can I do for y'all? Fill her up. Yes, sir. Reckon y'all come some distance from the looks of your car. Maybe I have. Are you going far? Maybe. Well, there you are. How much? That'll be one sixty-eight. Oh, here you are. Two bucks. Oh, just a minute. I'll get your change. Oh, keep it. I'm in a hurry. Well, I'll be doggoned if it ain't. Martha? Martha? Yes? Bring me that detective book. That's right, the green one. Hurry. All right, all right. I'm coming. Hold your horses. I'm coming as fast as I can. Ma, she was a pretty gal. Oh, here you are. What you doing? Seeing things again? Martha, I do think we all seen $500 flying down the road. Yes, sir. Here he is. Who's talking? Why, that fellow that just bought gas. James Sidney Rogan. Wanted. Dead or alive. Well, what's his license number? His what? His license number. Oh, Martha, I didn't get it. And you call yourself a detective. Well, just the same. I'm going to write to the chief of police in Los Angeles. He ought to know about this. And in Milford, Connecticut... The editor of the local newspaper has a short order cook in a dining car under suspicion. <laughs> Let me have a donut, too, huh? Coming up. Yeah. Hey. Oh, uh, say you might give me some butter. Hey, just put it on the coffee sauce there, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Hey, uh, you ain't been here long, have you? No, a couple weeks. Where'd you come from? Worked over in Jersey City. Yeah? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, ever been west? Oh, no further west than Newark. Huh. California's a great country, they tell me. Yeah, I guess it is. Sure is, from all I can hear. Oh, uh, say, could I have some more coffee? Sure. Oh, oh sorry, I stuck my finger in that butter. Uh, wait, I'll, I'll get a clean <laughs> off. No, 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 that's all right, that's all right. <laughs> you know, that's a silly habit I got when I was a kid. Man, butter around a saucer like that. Oh, I'll get you a clean one. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Say, uh, 
You don't mind if I take this over to the office, do you? We're going to press soon. I guess I better get back. That's okay with me. Uh, just leave a dime deposit. Oh, yeah, sure. Yes, there you are. Carefully preserving the fingerprinted coffee saucer in his ice box, the amateur detective editor writes Chief Davis for Rogan's fingerprint and finds to his chagrin that his suspect has probably been telling the truth about never being west of Newark. At least he is not Rogan. So months pass, and Rogan remains at large, and then one day, Inspector Davidson of the homicide detail calls Con Dapper and Ryan into his office. Well, here's the letter I thought would uh, interest you boys. Yeah, what's it about? Rogan. Well, let's see it. Hey, listen to this. Do you really intend paying $500 reward for the information leading to the arrest of Rogan? Because if you do, I can tell you where to find him. Just write me, care of General Delivery, San Francisco. Uh, probably another one of those nuts. Well, what did you do about it? Well, I wrote and told him the reward, the reward absolutely would be paid. And we'll see what comes of it. <laughs> Following up this latest clue, San Francisco officers, working under the direction of Chief of Detective Charles Delea of the San Francisco Police Department, throws a stakeout on the house pointed out to them. Seeing Rogan enter and leave the place several times on the night of October 11th, 1933, they close in on the place. Open up. Now we'll have to break it open. The men all posted around the house? Yeah. All right, let's bear down this thing. Remember your gas. You may need it. I already have. Throw your flashlight this way. Well, he's not in there. No, I'm not in here. Now, wait a minute. I just heard a sound down the hall here. Look, the door's closed. All right, let's open it. You hear him? Yeah. Come on out of there. I'll give you three, and then I'll shoot through the door. One. Two. Okay, let's get on, Ah, hello, Rogan. We're mighty glad to see you. Well, I ain't glad to see you. I don't suppose so. If you'd have come a day later, you'd never have had me. Yeah, how's that? I was lambing out where you'd never got me. Well, we figured we'd better pay your call pretty soon. Yeah? Well, how about it, Rogan? Are you ready to talk about that job down in L.A.? Yeah, I'll talk. Let's get out of here. I'll talk as soon as we get to headquarters. <laughs> Ernie was waiting for Rogan at headquarters, and on his advice, Rogan refused to talk. Lieutenant Ryan went to San Francisco a couple of days later and brought Rogan back to face trial. A speedy trial was scheduled and successfully prosecuted by Deputy District Attorneys Grant Cooper and George Tallman. Rogan's attorney tried to enter a plea of guilty to murder in the first degree in exchange for a life sentence, but the prosecution refused this move, and on December the 5th, Rogan was found guilty of murder in the first degree with no recommendation for clemency. On December the 15th, 1933, Rogan was given the death penalty by Judge Fletcher Boren. He was sent to San Quentin in February 1934 and fought his hanging. But on February the 8th, 1935, he was hanged by the neck until dead. Thank you, Captain Wallace. Hundreds of thousands of boys and girls have joined the Rio Grande Junior Police Department. These junior G-men are outfitted with uniform belts, pistol and holster, handcuffs, fingerprint outfits, genuine metal police badges, and many other items of equipment, all given away absolutely free by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Ask your independent neighborhood Rio Grande cracked gasoline dealer how you can oil company. Ask your independent neighborhood Rio Grande cracked gasoline dealer how you can get these free gifts. All over America, hundreds of thousands of gasoline service stations are now warning motorists to Sinclair eyes for summer. As warm weather comes, your car needs entirely different lubrication. Your motor oil, for example, should be of an entirely different grade. But every car is different, so we can't tell you here what oil to use. Your Rio Grande cracked gasoline dealer can tell you. For he has the latest information flashed from the factory that made your car, telling exactly what grade of oil and lubricant should be used on every part, and what changes should be made as your car grows older. 
Sinclair is one of the world's largest manufacturers of lubricants. Take your car wherever Rio Grande cracked gasoline is sold, and you'll get expert scientific lubrication when you Sinclairize for summer. Police calling all cars, attention all cars, a cancellation broadcast by. Suspect in this case is now in custody. That's all. Rolls and put. This is Frederick Lindsay, bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.